four, three, two, one. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Marquanos and Company broadcast. I am, of course, your host with the most, Marcos Marquanos Valverde. This episode was recorded Saturday, March 19th at 4.49 Pacific Standard Time. I have with us today a great friend of the show and fellow podcast host, Jonathan Gooby Smart of the Gooby and Company broadcast. Hey Gooby, how's it going today? Uh, Mark Juanis, it's so great to have you on. It's going so well today, man. I just got off of Valorant. Um, we won the game uh, 13-8. Awesome, man. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, you know, ready to get this going and learn more about you and about your stories of your life. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Now, I understand I had you on my own podcast uh, or the early days. What was it? Episode two? Yes, I was your second guest on your Gooby and Company broadcast. Honestly, By far the best episode. Oh, yeah. I fully agree with that. It was definitely one of my favorites I've ever recorded because the conversation felt so good. We definitely needed to have you on one more one more day. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see about that. You know, I have this. I have my Qantas and Company going here, so may I might be too busy with the schedules, you know. But we'll figure something out for sure. I'll send an email to uh, your secretary, right? Yes, please do. Um, she will get back to me pretty soon because you know, it's hard being me. Oh, it's of course it's hard. But being you know what's you. harder? Yeah. Being you, because you have a podcast. You live in Texas, which sucks. Ah, uh, true. And you go to a small ass university. Yep, yep, I so do. Can you tell me more about just your university life currently and how is it going for you? So my university life, it's, you know, I wouldn't say it's impossibly hard, but it's kind of like a medium level difficulty. Uh, right now, I am studying physics at my university. I'm in the process of finishing up my capstone right now. And that's, that's the main uh, time of my stressor, or it's the main source of my stressor uh, here on campus. Uh, but other than that, um, it's pretty easy. You know, it's a lovely, lovely time here. So do you only do physics? Is that like the main thing you like to do in your school? Yeah, I do like me some physics. Um, and yeah, how did you get into it, though? Well, that's actually a really funny story. So I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you way back, like way, way back. Little um, Gooby? Little Gooby. Little Gooby little, times. Little Gooby. I, uh, so... My fascination for physics comes from my fascination for space. Um, my logo for the Gooby and Company broadcast is, uh, you know, Saturn. That's my favorite planet. Um, everything. Um, and as a little kid, I was really into Mega Man. I promise you, this is uh, this actually is you know on topic. It's going somewhere. <laughs> I was really into Mega, Mega Man. Mega Man is space, okay? Dude, Mega Man's awesome, bro. I will grow up. I will grow out of things. I will never grow out of Mega Man. And I've learned that recently. I will never grow out of it, dude. I've started playing again. But there's one uh, sub-series of Mega Man called Mega Man Star Force. I have met probably five people or so in my entire life, like in person, that played it. Maybe just a handful more than I've ever heard of it. It's this really obscure JRPG on the uh, DS and it has very nerdy stuff then dude huh? very nerdy shit like uh i i've never never really met anyone that's into it but it's it's space themed uh like the first game i played it uh run release when i was six or seven i think yeah and 
the game captivated me uh, with like the way uh, it's was able to tell like a really mature story uh, like in a kids game. Like there's some really... you were seven. What do you yeah. mean mature story? How did you even know that? Um. Well, I mean, I didn't know it at the time, of course, but it captivated me. Did you me play it again recently? Oh yeah, I played all three of them recently. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of them. But like, I remember as a kid, it's it's uh it's stories, um, it dealt with stuff like, uh, overworking as a teacher. Uh, like, well, there's like one uh one part of them, one part of the story is about like this teacher who was forced to uh teach in a certain way. They didn't like. Uh, oh, I feel that. Yeah, like it, it reminded me a lot of like how my mom would tell me about Common Core in Texas. Eh. Yeah, and uh, it it also had the themes of like uh you know isolation, uh like losing a loved one, uh everything. It was it was great. But long story short, I was a big fan of that game as a kid, uh and I still am. Uh, and fast forward, uh, it had been, gosh, my junior and senior year. My mom really wanted me to become a lawyer because she thought I spoke very well. I was very well-spoken. I could communicate things very well. And so I was like, okay, I'll try law out a little bit. Um, <laughs> I ended up taking a law class here at Southwestern. Um, hated it. But when I went in, I went in uh, with my uh, degree declared as physics because, oh yeah. I uh, actually wanted to, you know, be a physics major because that would help me get into law schools because it'd be a little bit more unique. Oh, uh, fair, yeah, yeah. Because you know, how, like, you know how like if you're going to those like pre law programs, pre med programs, you usually yeah. want to have something like set you apart. Yeah, like my major history also has like history pre law as a path that you can take. For real, and a lot of kids actually, yeah, a lot of kids do that, and it's it's just weird to me how. I guess you would just study history of laws and like just criminal justice history and all that. But physics seems so far off from law. Exactly. From at least like law as we know it, not like physics law, of course. That's a totally different thing than laws that we use in court. Well, that was but, actually my uh, my idea. It's kind of get something that's a little bit more out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it just seems so like disconnected from each other how do they connect like how does history and being a or how does physics and being a lawyer connect does not connect at all actually oh okay <laughs> yeah i understand why you're not going through law anymore then yeah oh yeah i but uh my very first class i took on campus was a law class that dealt with like case law uh and everything and by god that was probably the most boring class i've ever taken in my life i hate reading uh like Law review. I hate reading like case law, everything. Good God. Uh, but whenever I got into Southwestern, uh, I was paired up with, with the academic advisor I have now, which is uh, this guy named uh, Mark Botwerf. He's an astronomer and an astrophysicist on campus. And he asked me what I was going into physics for. And deadpan, didn't even skip a beat, didn't even think about it. I said I wanted to go into astronomy. Like nice. I hadn't even considered astronomy beforehand, but as soon as I met him, I realized how viable you know the astronomy path was because I always had a vested interest in space because of Mega Man. Yeah, I quickly realized I could do this as a career. I wanted to be just like him, but that's pretty much how I got into physics. You know, I skipped a few things. Like I took a lot of physics in high school and I did really well there. Um, 
but overall, yeah, like that's pretty much my, my physics story. <laughs> but then you got into astronomy with like, I just love space. Like that was the only background you had. It was, I just like space. You didn't know like a lot more about it. No, I didn't really, I haven't really like studied a lot of astronomy beforehand. I just really like space and like the idea of somewhere that's very unexplored. Um, and so I wanted to learn more about it in college. Yeah. Would you say that space is only unexplored or vastly unexplored because of its size? Because we do a lot of exploration or like take a lot of pictures of space in general of places that are super mm -hmm. like thousands of light years away in that. Would you say that it's only that unexplored because it's that huge? I would say that plays into about half of it. Um, I believe it's mm. mostly unexplored uh, due to its size, but uh, it also has a part, part a dune part uh, because of our technology. Um, because, I mean, we can peer into space. We can learn about the composition of planets, but we can't really, you know, explore much outside of... Um, we can't physically be there. Yeah. You don't really know what it's like, you know? That's that's what fascinates me about space is just the unknown about it. And mm -hmm. I, for some reason, like there's two big unknowns in my opinion, like in the world, which are like space and the ocean. Yeah. But for some reason, the unknown of space has always had this like more fascinating aspect to me because it doesn't seem as harmful as the ocean unknown. And that's what I like about it. Plus, I mean, the colors that we have, which I know they're like, computer generated but still it just makes space look so beautiful for real and i really like that part about it just oh, a place there's that's like three hundred thousand years light years away looks like a hand and you're like whoa wow it really just did that by itself it's just like dust exploding and it creates that and it's so beautiful to look at do you remember whenever but, the first black mm. hole was photographed that was like I was in senior year, so like three years ago. Yeah, it was in like April. I remember 19th, that. Like that. Looks like a little booty hole, right? Yeah. Up didn't until I, then, obviously. I mean, like up until then, the black hole wasn't even proven to be true or like even real. But as soon as we had like photographic proof of it, our understanding like was confirmed, and it was just so freaking cool. And now it's proven. Mm -hmm. I believe they're doing more more research about it right yes do you know i mean do you know if they're gonna take another picture soon with a better quality than what we have currently or do you think that would take more years and more development to reach that because now um, we know it's true now we need to know exactly how it looks like and how it interacts with the rest of the world because everything now is just th theory right about it and now we've proven that it exists but do we know exactly what it does and how it interacts with the rest of space we or is know. it all just theory still we know kind of how it works. Um, it's uh, black holes just have uh, essentially just are they're a very powerful gravitational field. Uh, most of them come from collapsed, um, I believe, neutron stars. I don't know like much more outside of that, um, mm -hmm. but that's why I want to learn more because it is so um, otherworldly. Like, you can't make that on Earth. You can't really make a black hole on Earth. That's why I want to no, learn so much not. more about that. Yeah. That's why space is so cool, man. Because it's so <laughs> otherworldly. Literally.
What what else do you like about space? Like what what fascinates you about it besides black holes? The overall uh beauty of space. Um and just how I guess silent it is. Um space is space is relatively silent. Uh there's still some sort of space like noise. Mm-hmm. Um we we, we like been able to pick up on that. Yeah, um, I you were, you were, I think you I saw a video it. recently, like not not that recently, but I saw a video about like the sounds of space and it was like an audio recording that we got from like the atmosphere of each planet in our solar system. Mm-hmm. And some of them are very ominous, I would say. So I wouldn't <laughs> kind of scary. Like I think like Venus had like a well sounded like a screeching sound and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Space just does sounds just cause. Like I thought something would be provoking those sounds in that atmosphere. But I don't know a lot about it, so I could be completely wrong. That's not my specialty. I think um I forget where the space sounds actually like come from, but I think probably like supernovas, I'd assume, because that's a big explosion. It probably makes noise. Well, there's no medium uh, for anything to travel in. There's no air. Um, mm-hmm. So I think maybe it might be a recreation. I I don't want to like don't don't quote me on that. Um, oh, I'm quoting you on this. Gooby says it's recreation. You better not quote me on that. Astronomer Gooby sends false information. Bruh, but official astronomer. Official astronomer that completely has his master's degree and oh. PhD in astronomy and is the new Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, you know what? Has stated that. I actually think I might have an idea. I might have an idea. Enlighten um, me on it. I think it's uh, EM waves. Um, you know, they're like... Coming from where? Uh, coming from, like, pressures. Um... I I, th- I definitely think it's EM waves. It's it's not something we can pick up uh, with our ears, if I recall. So then we we would have to artificially make the sound up because we can't pick it up with our own ears. Well, we need something to convert it into sound. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not too sure. It's like probably a pressure it, wave. It's just like space pictures then, because we like can't see that, so we have to translate it into like the RGB stuff, right? Yeah, I follow NASA on Instagram. That's like the shit they say. It's like, oh, these pictures, like the color might be a little off just because we have to make it visible for us given like the telescope and like the like distance from the telescope and all that. So they knew like take a picture in like three different lenses, like red, green and blue, and then like put them all together to try to get the full color of a certain object, if I'm not mistaken. I could be completely wrong. I don't know. So, if I recall correctly, they uh, get information about um, radio waves um, most of the time, mm-hmm. and they convert that into visible light uh, through an algorithm. Um, but it's very uh, what's the word? It's very inconsistent at times. Inconsistent. Okay. Yeah. If, but if, we do know that the sun is like orange, right? Or yeah. bright orange. Oh yeah. Okay. We, so clo- um, closer stuff, we probably have a more accurate representation of it, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, but things that are outside our galaxy, um, thing, things that are in uh, what is known as the far field. Um, have you seen the far field image? I don't think so. so. If I have, I don't know it was a far field. So the far field image is a famous image taken by Hubble, if I recall. Um, mm-hmm. So it's an image of far field in space. Um, where 
it has um, pretty much, I, I believe it's thousands of stars in a single image. I have to look it up. In a um, single image? Yeah. Oh, I think I've probably seen the picture then. And then it's like, oh, this this is this, this is that. I think I've seen it before, but I didn't know it was the far field image. I didn't even know it was called the far field. Sorry, deep field. Uh, that's what it's deep called. Deep field. Yeah. It's, uh, okay, so you're just giving me false information. Yeah, okay. I'm just Got straight it. up giving you fake news right here. <laughs> wow. Okay, I yeah. just looked it up. And it looks like a bunch of stuff, a bunch of dots on the black screen, just like space is. Wow. The that image, um, if I know which one you're looking at, it took maybe ten days to make, and uh, yeah, it it was observed over. I think the most famous one was was observed over like ten days in Christmas in the '90s. Um, I think so, and um, it was like 360, 350, somewhere in that ballpark, uh, images, uh, taken together. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, uh, they're like stitched together with an algorithm. And it has, you said, how many galaxies are in this? Um, I think 3,000, 3,500, yeah, 3,000 oh ga- galaxies. We're, in the We're so insignificant compared Dude, to that. That's also why I like space so much. Because it really shows how small we are in the grand scheme of things. And like all the little things that are happening on Earth, you know, all the don't shit that matter happens at all. I mean, not that they don't matter because it matters to us. And, you know, like we as humans, like the stuff that happens directly to us, you know, hmm. matters. Yeah. But like in the grand scheme of things, all the stuff we're fighting about, you know, like, uh, you know, between countries and like and around the world it just doesn't like matter the current war between russia and ukraine you mean that yeah. does not matter in the grand scheme of things of how the universe is going to go yeah i mean the universe will forget that you know yeah i mean well, time is like a concept in the universe that's pretty much it almost goes on forever it doesn't go on forever obviously or does it i believe it uh goes on forever it goes on forever yeah time goes on forever and I think there's like a saying that said like time heals everything. So like mm-hmm. in a billion years, nothing that has happened right now would have mattered. It will be forgotten in time already. Yeah. And so yeah, that's fascinating. That's why I love space so much because it's so it's it's like the least superficial thing we can study, uh, other than like philosophy. Well, I feel like those two go hand in hand. Like the study of space and philosophy, and just like the grand scheme of things, they kind of go hand in hand because once you realize that you're just a little dot in a floating rock in a galaxy within like space and so many things around it you just start having like these existential thoughts and all that it's like then what is my purpose if galaxies galaxies are huge and i probably won't never like even see physically see a different planet or a different star and all that Actually, so I feel like those two go hand in hand. Actually, the the thing about um that uh is like the whole thing about like finding your purpose, and like what is my purpose? Mm-hmm. Um a lot of I met a lot of people that uh tell me about how that really kind of is um kind of gets them down a little bit. I find that uh for me that's that's the opposite. I uh find actually it to be inspiring. Um being insignificant in the grand scheme of things is inspiring. I mean, when you phrase it like that, of course it sounds very <laughs> bad. But what I'm talking about is like, you know, 
things the things don't matter um, in the grand scheme of things. Like what I do might not matter. So in spite of that, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to make a difference in in places that where I can see the changes happening. You know, make a difference in your in your community uh, and everything. That's oh. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. it's a, it's almost like now I don't have to worry about um, you know what happens. Uh, like I don't have to make a difference in the entire world because that's not going to matter in the grand scheme of things. What what's mm-hmm. going to be remembered um, in the short term, you know, is is what I do with other people in your community. Yeah, yeah. It's like in your scope of in your scale of influence, I guess. Exactly. That's what's so say... So making a difference in your own community, like even though the grand scheme of things won't matter, is probably then the purpose that you have going on for you, then, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And I'd assume that's why you want to be a teacher then. That's 100% why I want to be a teacher. You want to make a difference <laughs> in the small community that you're a part of. Yep. I feel like teaching uh, is probably mm-hmm. one of the best things you can you can do and the most like – selfless things you can do to help out a um a community especially if you're confident in your teaching ability oh yeah i understand you well i (laughs) wanted to be a teacher too wanted um well i still do but um have you taken teaching classes yet at all uh not yet i yeah teaching is like kind of an end game thing for me yeah exactly um once you start taking teaching classes um we have to do a lot of mental preparation because um, I will not lie to you. The first day, the professor for my teaching class said, if you're not mentally prepared to be dealing with assholes 24-7, you should not be a teacher. And um, that kind of stuck with me. And I was like, wow, kids are little assholes. They will not care about what I'm teaching, but I need to make them care. And it's going to be such a hard time. And he kept saying like throughout the year, like your first year teaching will be terrible maybe your second year will be even worse but once you start getting the hang of it it will get more and more rewarding so it's like a long run thing and i realized i didn't want to teach um grades that really do not care about what i have to present to them mm-hmm. so my goal now is to um you know, become a college professor because i feel like if you're paying thousands of dollars you're you're gonna be listening to what i have to say and i believe that what i have to say can influence you or not like it's not like bias or anything. I'll just like present history to you. And it's like, that can influence how you think. And maybe you, you have any perspective of life and all that, but I don't want to do that with people that don't, don't want to be bothered listening to it. So yeah. teaching is a lot of like mental preparation and it's also physically exhausting. Oh, 100%. There's a lot of downsides to it. And um, if I'm not mistaken, you have teachers in your family, don't you? Yes. I do. I have two teachers. I think maybe three in my family. Mm-hmm. Who are those? So my mom has been in education for over a decade, or has been. I mean, she's and retired. She retired recently, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Love her for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best part about teaching is retiring. Oh, uh, 100%. Don't, the best part don't about, tell her I say that. <laughs> best part about teaching, dude, is uh, June, July, August. Oh, yes. <laughs> I remember... Especially because... I mean, not really, because don't you have to work during those times you probably know more about that no my, my mom a vacation the entire time the entire summer break yup oh that would be amazing she uh she had this little placard in her uh in her classroom that always stuck with me it said the best uh 
the best thing about teaching is June, July, August. And it's always stuck with me just how, how funny it is that she says that. Yeah, it's kind of, um, I forgot the word for it, but like you go into teaching because you want to like teach the kids. But in the end, the best part is when you're not teaching the kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, I forgot the word for it. It's not hypocritical. It's I guess it is a little bit, but it's just like... Ironic? It's ironic, yes. Yeah. It's ironic that like you're going to enjoy the time that you're not teaching the most than the times that you are teaching. Yeah, but as it's... long as you like remember like your goal in the end, it would probably like be definitely worth it. Exactly. Like as long as you go in there and you you definitely give it a shot, you deserve not only your three month vacation, but you also deserve a goddamn livable wage. Jesus Christ, can we just oh, pay teachers impossible. better? Oh, God. <laughs> that's impossible. Livable wage? Livable wage is a teacher. What are you talking about? Huh? Yeah, that was another one of the reasons that I decided to not teach high school or middle school when go into college instead is because if I am going to be doing this, I need to be able to at least be rewarded for it because it's a val- damn valuable job that I'm doing here. And if I'm not going to get rewarded like for it, then what's the fucking point of doing it? Well, I got a hack for you. It, it feels selfish to say that. What's the hack? I got a hack for you. Uh, I mean, also, no, it's not selfish saying that. You need to survive, dude. Exactly. <laughs> but teaching, you should teach private. Uh, private schools t- pay a lot. But you you do need a master's degree for that, most of the time. Well, that I'm I'm already going to grad school anyway. So okay, yeah. I'm going for the masters. I kind of have to teach if private. I'm going to be a if I'm going to be a professor, I have to get a master's anyway. Then yeah, my um, I was talking to one of my professors here on campus, Dr. Crosby, and he's telling me about mm-hmm. how um, he uh, he's about to accept a private school uh, position of teaching physics and material science. Is that in like a high school, not a college then? Yeah, it would have been a private high school. And the compensation is better than in a college. Yeah, private high school, you get paid like base, usually 70, 80K. Okay, that's um, that's base pay where I'm at anyway for a public school though. Oh, for but, real? I mean, in Texas, it's probably, yeah, like um, the average wage um, for a teacher here in um, the Seattle area is uh, 68K for like starting. Which you might think it's a lot, but when you realize that Seattle is one of the most expensive places to live in the United States, it's not that good. But compared to like New York, where it's like 80K and it's still not livable, or like California, where it's 70K and not livable, I'd take this over it. Well, are you sure? Because median, first of all, median in Texas, first starting, hmm. is it's slow. 40, it's 45. Way for sure. Yeah, because, well, Texas, first of all, it's cost of living in texas is like i think every dollar you spend in austin is around like a dollar 50 you would spend in seattle oh for comparison because i'm trying to go to grad school in in austin right so i've been doing a lot of research in that and like a house here like a one-bedroom house would be like in seattle it would be borderline two thousand dollars for a Mm one-bedroom while in uh, austin is a thousand dollars or like 1100 for a one-bedroom like apartment oh. or house. Oh shit. Yeah. So it's way more expensive to live here and it sucks. The climate's not even that good. It's always crowded. A homeless, homeless problem is real here. Like people don't do anything about it. So, wow. Texas is the way to go. It's, and if I'm making 70, 80 K in a private school, mm-hmm. give me a mansion or something. Like <laughs> you can be living nice. Broken afford a two bedroom apartment instead of one. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, that just blew my mind. I'm going to be teaching public <laughs> school in Texas and being able to afford something. Yeah. I'm going to have a livable wage. Are you kidding me? That's impressive. As but a teacher, we don't make that much. Also, another thing about teaching in Texas, um, my mom was also part of a teaching union as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that also really helped uh, because she was uh, she was able to bargain uh, for uh, like you know better wages and everything. She ended up, I think, her ending salary in Texas was eighty um, k. I think. Oh, I was gonna say, please tell me she broke at least six figures. No, dude, I wish she broke six figures, bro. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was she... talking to one of my professors back here, and uh, not professor, my my like high school teachers, and mm-hmm. one of them, she said that if you have a master's degree, you could be earning a hundred k. Oh yeah, which I was very impressed by. I was like, whoa, really? Maybe I should go into teaching, and it's not going to be as bad as I think it will be. But it will, because I'm not going to be making that much. <laughs> Actually, and these kids don't want it. Very recently, sorry. Uh, I just looked this up. There's a new Texas bill that raises the minimum teaching salary to 70k. Minimum. Oh, that's minimum. Great. Oh, minimum. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, but how is the teaching like the teaching scenery in Texas? Like how how are the job availabilities and all that? Plus, depending on the person, like they don't want to teach in the middle of buttfuck nowhere in Texas with a bunch of um, not very nice people, to not use other terms. <laughs> Yeah, they, uh, I mean, where I was in the Woodlands, uh, it was very nice. Uh, that That's where my mom taught at a place called Darachin Elementary. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, although her principal was a little bit uh, of an asshole towards her, I'd say. I don't know. I don't know if she's still there, but uh, that's why actually my mom left. And my mom was actually considering staying in Texas, believe it or not, if it wasn't for my principal. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was kind of on the fence about staying, uh, going with Vicky in Arizona until she, uh, the principal, the principal essentially, uh, busted up kind of like, uh, groups of teachers. Um, you know, you, you kind of have like a bit of a, of a bit of a group going on, uh, mm-hmm. because she was afraid that they would, uh, engage in collective bargaining. You know, they would strike. Everything. Wow. As they should. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She was afraid that, that they would fight for better you know, better pay. You know. Do you want to get paid more? No, fuck you. Go to Arizona. <laughs> Ironically enough, she took a fucking pay cut going to Arizona too. She got paid Ooh. significantly less, like way, significantly. way less. Yes. Oh wow. Her dude, she was like, whenever she um, started in Arizona, she's be she's making like thirty k, dude. Wow, that yeah sounds like how much I was making as a barista, bro. Like with. A master's degree. Exactly. It sounds like a nightmare. Sounds fucked up, bro. This, I mean, we're, we're living in a ma- nightmare, bro. I mean, yeah, we we, we picked this career and yeah, we picked the wrong one. I mean, I don't, I don't like saying it's the wrong one because I still want to do this, but it's just like we picked the wrong one if we want to make bank for sure or if we want to live nice. Oh, yeah. But we get three months off, right? Uh, I heard like a lot of people say that why, why do teachers complain so much about their wage when they literally have three months off and, like, they have so many benefits? Benefits, like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, like health care? Like, we, I guess, should it be free anyway? Uh, I mean, oh, bro. I, mean, <laughs> I was going to say that. I mean, like, teachers in, uh, teachers in Sweden, like, they make, like, a little bit less than you think, but, like, they also don't have to pay for health care. 
and housing's like you know middle of the road there but um oh yeah you just yeah. released today the episode with your brothers right mm-hmm. on your podcast with, oh um, yeah so yeah we... talking about living in sweden i haven't mm-hmm. had a chance to listen to it yet because it was just released today but i'll for sure listen to it um this week this coming week and um yeah, I'm, I'm interested in learning what your brothers have to say about living in Sweden because um, I know my my mom really wants to move to like Scandinavian countries and live there, especially because we're, we're European citizens. So that would be like very nice to do. I'd so say how do your brothers like adapt there and how, how, how is their life going there? Nick, um, literally it changed his life. Uh, he mm. was very unhappy here in Texas. Um or not Texas, in Arizona. Like, he was living in Tempe, uh, which is a very car-dependent area. You know, you have to have a car to go places. Uh, he was just, uh, there's, like, a very big urban sprawl. Uh, mm-hmm. So he just was generally very unhappy. He was also hot as hell. And the Smart Family does not do well in hot temperatures. Uh, we like the cold. <laughs> the Smarts like the cold. Oh, yeah, we like the cold. <laughs> so moving to Sweden, uh, it, was a, it was a life changer for him. Uh, the cleaner air um, uh, helped out his asthma. Like his asthma is almost gone, uh, if I recall. It's like very minimum, very minimal there. Um, okay. But the other things that has, that has to do with like living in Sweden, you know, like uh, there's better access to a higher quality foods uh, in Sweden. Uh, oh really? Oh, hundred percent, dude. Imagine like. Imagine if you were able to like to uh, to walk to a grocery store. Um, wouldn't you like go grocery shopping more often and like buy better foods? It would like de incentivize you to eat out more. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, especially like everywhere in the United States is very car dependent, and that's yeah. in my opinion like the big downside of living in the states is just I don't want to have to grab my car to go somewhere. Exactly. Like my experience out of the country was I mean not better but I guess better in the sense where everything was close and I could walk to places although I could walk to to places and get robbed but that's not the point <laughs> I could still walk to places if I wanted to yeah that's something that I'm really looking forward to if I end up um getting my masters and studying what I need to study and maybe I could go like out of the country I would really like to go somewhere where I don't need to depend on my car so much Oh, you then and just join me living in, in like a nicer place. Join me in Sweden, then, man. <laughs> um, I, I don't want really want to go to Sweden. Um, I feel like there's a language barrier there. <laughs> Actually, uh, you you be wrong. Uh, you can uh, you can get around uh, with just English. People there know English. Yeah, but I'll feel like a damn tourist and outlier doing that. I, oh, yeah. I don't want to go to a place and not learn their language. That's why I don't want to go, for example, to France or to Paris or any place that speaks a language that That's I don't fair. speak. It's just because of that. Like, I want to go and not be seen as just an outlier and a tourist. Even if I'm living there, I'll still feel like a tourist because I don't speak Swedish. My goal would be like Portugal or Spain. But besides that, probably nowhere else in Europe I would like be able to live without feeling the sense that I don't belong here. Well, it seems like your brother really got like adapted really well to Sweden then. Oh, dude, he's. He's like a citizen now, and he's like oh, he's property. a citizen. Yeah. Man. Oh, so he's oh no, wait. Sweden's not in the European Union, so he's not an EU citizen. But no. still, yeah, he's 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 just like a citizen of Sweden. So like he, 
uh, he owns property over there. He like has a boyfriend. Uh, they're probably going to be together for the rest of their life. I do not see them breaking up. They're like, are over... they getting married anytime soon? I think they they're they have a Commonwealth marriage. Uh, they're they're engaged. They just haven't. I th- no, they're married. They have like a stable union, but not like they didn't sign saying, "Oh, we're married." I think, they're but they're married, like stable together. Actually, you think they are actually married? Okay, here's here's why I say I think they're married because uh, to come uh, to America because uh, we we all surprised my mom last October for her birthday. She hadn't seen the three of us together in over uh, two years, and so to mm-hmm. surprise her, we got all three of us, including. Uh, Ben's boyfriend and uh, Nick's boyfriend and like me, myself, and I, you know, me, yours truly. <laughs> you by yourself. You by myself. I wasn't dating Louisa then. <laughs> Should have. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, t- to get a Nick and Emil there together, they had to get married. And that was so oh. funny. Because it's going to be a big surprise. They're, they weren't going to tell anybody. I was on FaceTime with Nick and Emil. And Emil kept flaunting this ring. I thought nothing of it until Nick called me back. <laughs> He's like, hey, I got to explain the ring real quick. Because he thought I put two and two together. But I thought Emil was just showing me some jewelry, right? It's a ring, John. And, Come on. Sh- okay, shut up. I didn't even know my, my parents, my moms were like a couple until they were getting married. But I'm, I'm kind of naive when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> okay. Kind of naive. But yeah, they're they're technically married. I think uh, they own property now. Like, they're they're made for each other. Like they, like Nick. Uh, Nick's very, uh, Nick's very straightforward. He's he's kind of a straight shooter when it comes to like uh stuff. Uh, and, and Emil Emil has a, like a lot more fun. So I think they really complete complete each other. Uh, so you got like a type A person and a type B person put yeah. them together. Yeah, they really complete each other there, man. It's awesome. Well, you have your own relationship going on right now, too. Uh-huh, with Louisa. Louisa, <laughs> which was also a guest in your podcast. Yes, she was a guest. <laughs> well, I'm a huge fan of your show, so, um, yeah, I remember listening to that episode, and I was like, wow, there's a lot of um, chemistry going on between these two, and I think at the time you guys recorded it, um, you didn't have any labels on it, or I don't think you did. Um, And I was just like, oh, my God, they're so... They're flirting with each other a lot, I think. Um, what's going on here? So, I think I reached out to you. I was like, why are you flirting with her that much? Okay, okay, okay. So for context, uh, she asked to come on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. Her uh, roommate uh, was trying to uh, set us up because uh, I'm oh. really good friends with her roommates. And she, trying to, and she like uh, thought that Luisa and I would do well together. And I wasn't really looking for anything at the time. I wasn't really looking for a relationship. I was like, eh, I, I don't really want to be tied down. I like uh, the single life. But mm-hmm. um, Luis and I, after the podcast, she asked me uh, if I wanted to go to uh, get, you know, go thrifting with her on the weekend. I was like, yeah, sure. I did not. Okay. I'm so naive when it comes to that kind of stuff. I did not even know she was asking me out. I was. Yeah, you can't take a hint. <laughs> I can't take a hint for for. You didn't know your your parents were together uh, until they got married, or dude. your brother didn't know he was married when. He, okay. His husband was literally flashing his ring at you. Okay, wait, wait, wait. To be fair, to be fair, in my defense, my mom for the longest time told me that they were just friends, and introduced Vicky as a friend of hers, um, and she like she like really hit home that they were not a thing, um. <laughs> 
I mean, the, the, they didn't, she didn't say like, oh, we're, we're not a thing. She just, um, like her, her silence was deafening, right? I was like, okay, they're, they're probably oh. still good friends because I went to a private Catholic school and my mom was like, oh okay. yeah, that, that probably yeah. fucked it up then. No offense. Especially like if it is a relationship between two people from the same sex, probably a yeah. Catholic school environment wasn't going to allow that. So she had to like be silent about it. Yeah. And funny enough, um, literally every single person in my friend group and my teachers, they all knew like they were all in on it. And it felt like everyone was keeping the secret from me. Like, I mean, they weren't actually doing it, but it felt like it. Or maybe you just couldn't take a hint. Dude. No, that's literally it. That's literally it. I just can't take hints, bro. So, so then Louisa takes you thrifting. So, I mean, when I got like a cute girl, like a really, really cute girl, Ask me out uh, as a like just to go thrifting. I'm I'm not thinking in my mind like oh I just got asked out. I'm like okay I guess I'll, I'll go out. You know I I might I might ask her out again later. I oh my god. Because <laughs> like I don't know I I probably was very stressed out about a lot of stuff. I had a lot of my mind probably around then. Because uh, it was the beginning of the semester and I wasn't really thinking of anything but. I'm so glad I, I went for it. Uh, and the day before we were supposed to go to uh, the thrift store, uh, I had a smash tournament that week. Uh, and mm. that Friday night, uh, her roommate and her roommate's boyfriends um, came to the tournament and they're like, there's a party tonight. Luis is going to be there. You should come. And I was like, I'm kind of tired, man. I, I need to get to bed. Like I'm fucking tired after tournaments. And so you like, almost fumbled. I almost fumbled it. They're like, "No, you need to come. You need to come to the. You need to come to the You're party." Coming. And I'm like, "Fine." And I just like, I was like, "Okay." I took a took a gummy, uh, twelve and a half. So I'd be like, so I would ease like my I like physical pain because I was like, I've been walking around for eight hours. Then so I was like, "Okay." I changed my changed my clothes and I went to the um, party, and they intentionally left us behind, uh, left us alone, <laughs> uh, and everything. <laughs> And it went kind of well. Her and I, uh, Luisa, just like kind of tired talking a little bit. Um, and then we went over to uh, her place, and I ended up spending the night. So after that, Aww, what a story. I, I know it's it's really cool. I stop blushing. I, shut up. You you know I'm blushing right now, dude. <laughs> of course. But um, yeah. I I initially didn't really know what I wanted, but it wasn't until I. Real, I think Louisa kind of like uh, really tore down my 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 barrier because I was wanting to be a little bit more stoic. I didn't want to like, you know, give away, show my hands immediately because then mm. I feel like I'd be setting her up for expectations. And I've learned my mistakes from the past. I didn't want to create expectations. But uh, after about a month of us seeing each other, we kind of were like, okay, let's. I think we started dating. It was like, actually it was one night. She was asking me. Uh, she's like, okay, so John, when do you think? Uh, you'd want to actually do this because I kind of told her I was like, you know, let's see where this goes. I, t- I told her I was like, we'll work towards it eventually. And about a week later, she's like, so when do you think you'd want to start dating? And I was like, you know, how about we start doing it right now, right now? So ever Aww. since then, you know, it was kind of a spur of the moment thing, but I felt like it was the right decision. You guys make me feel like there's hope out there for relationships, <laughs> dude. My mom, my entire life, my entire single life, has told me. The moment I stop looking, the moment I stop looking, it's I'm going to find it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yes. I thought she was bullshitting me. I thought she was. 
Louisa, as soon as I like stopped using Tinder, Bumble, all those dating apps, granted, like you should still kind of use those if you like want to want to kind of put yourself out there a little bit more. But like the moment you stop looking, not when you're with someone though, just oh, to be clear. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to put with somebody, but mm-hmm. yeah, like the moment you stop looking, that's when people find you. And my mom was right. My mom was right. You you can go ahead and quote me on that. My mom was right about this. <laughs> So how did you guys um, meet first? Was it just she randomly slid up when you asked like for guests on your podcast? She just lit up and said, I'm down? Or did you meet before that? Uh, she, I don't uh, remember listening to that on your episode. Oh, or, yeah. Um, I just don't Lu- remember. Louisa was introduced uh, to me by a good friend of mine from freshman year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I started hanging out with Lada with uh, her roommate last semester because uh, her and I hadn't really been talking in a while. She started, she started coming to tournaments. And so mm-hmm. um, she's like, you and Louisa would be great together. And I was like, I don't know about this. I don't really know her. And what I was most nervous about that, what I was most nervous about, and Louisa knows this, is uh, I had never pushed someone in a wheelchair ever. Mm-hmm. In our first date, I was going to be pushing her around because uh, we went to a thrift store. Um, mm-hmm. And... <laughs> I was really nervous about that, man. But it uh, honestly, uh, the way we hung out, like it felt like just completely normal. Granted, I mean, like of course it was gonna be normal. Like she, uh, she's still like very much mobile. But I was surprised about how like little it impacted in my mind and my like view of her. Right? Yeah, it doesn't really change much. Yeah. Like if... especially because I mean, you can you can walk at your own pace, like mm-hmm. low key, like. I've been on a couple of dates where like the girl's pace is different than my pace. So you have to like keep adjusting. So you're walking mm-hmm. side by side. Yeah. That's always so awkward, dude. Yeah. It's just like, uh, th- what are, I what usually do? walk faster than this, or I usually walk slower than this, but on this one, you're like, we're going at my pace and we're having a good time. Especially if you're like, have really long legs. I have longer legs than like, I, I have like a short oh, torso. You're like five feet tall and it's all legs then. <laughs> Bro, I'm five, six and it's all legs. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Also, legit, I didn't even know until, like, a few, like, we, I, I mean, it didn't really register in my mind, but that, like, Louisa was taller than me as well. <laughs> That's the funny part. Oh. <laughs> so I saw her sitting. I mean, yeah, because she sits most of the time. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really nice. I, uh, it's not, it's not really something that I ever really have to worry about, um, you know, um, but I, I'll, I'll, the, the one thing that kind of uh, scares me sometimes is Louisa loves going through life. Uh, she's, she's like a very fragile and she, she calls herself fragile and everything, but she, she like mm-hmm. kind of like, she likes to run and hop and skip a little bit. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the second time I hung out with her, she dislocated her hip and I had to uh, help. Yeah. I had helped carry her to her, um, her room so I could relocate it for her. What? Wow. Yeah. Wait, I'm just, I'm surprised. Second date. Yeah. She dislocated her hip, and you helped mm-hmm. relocate it. That's. Uh, I don't it, know if that's the right term. I mean, yeah, I helped relocate it for her, and it. I think, uh, in my mind, it, it kind of like helped bond me to her a little bit because I, I felt like I was really like helping her out. I it, it, like something psychological helped me bond her with that. But, um, oh. I do want to say my favorite memory. Uh, 
I have with her was recently we went to Galveston. Your favorite memory yet. Yeah, my favorite memory yet. Yeah, it, but it's, it's a really good memory. We went to Galveston and we went to the Kima Boardwalk, which essentially have a little, small little um, like carnival. Uh, they have a whole bunch of little like uh, a little bit little amusement park with a whole bunch of the rides and everything. Traditional like boardwalk kind of stuff. And uh, there's this very long strip on the boardwalk that was probably maybe um, 500 meters, something like that. And uh, I ran and I pushed her all along the boardwalk because it was smooth as butter. And we went really you fast. You ran on it? Yeah, I ran on it. And I pushed her along it. It was so much fun. It was so cute. Everything. That was, the, that was the fastest she's ever gone in her wheelchair. And... You're making me feel lonely. I oh, like that. <laughs> Honestly, man, I think being single for several years really showed me, like, really taught me the importance of, like, the people around you um, mm-hmm. and the importance of like your own self care. Oh yeah. Yeah. If, if I, um, I completely agree. Yeah. Like, if you're single like, right now, you, sh- you should like focus on yourself mainly. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I really like being single. Like it's I have no problems being single because it's like you said, it made me value the people around me more. Mm-hmm. Cause when I was first in a relationship, it was, I was just like, I felt like I was prioritizing her way more than I was prioritizing the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And after we broke up, after like two years, it was like heart, heartbroken. Of course, I was very heartbroken for like a good month. And it was like right after Christmas too. So my timing was terrible because oh. I broke up with her like midnight the 26th. Um, total asshole move. Because like, that was my Christmas gift. <laughs> it was like, okay, we're not Merry together Christmas. anymore. Merry Christmas. Open up a little envelope. Yeah, and then like a month later, I started to realize, I started to do like a lot of self-reflection. I was like, damn. While I was with her, I wasn't valuing the people around me that much. Like, I wasn't talking to my friends as often as I was before. And I wasn't valuing myself that much. So I feel like after you come out of a relationship, you start valuing yourself a lot more. And that was the self-worth that I needed because now I'm, I'm like, I love the way I am and I'm comfortable with who I am right now. And I feel like I don't need to rely on someone else like to be happy because I'm currently happy with myself. But if it happens, it happens. It's just like, like it will complement my own happiness. You know, that's powerful. That's very it's more powerful. like I'm not wanting to be with someone to be happy. I'm already happy with who I am and my place that I'm at right now and how I want to have my life going but then if someone else comes and joins me for the ride even better i'll have someone to have some support but i i like to support myself if that makes sense that actually also makes you way more attractive as well someone who like has their life together and someone who oh it's because you haven't seen my face man (laughs) no dude you're very cute you got a very cute face man don't disregard yourself Uh, no i'm not just joke about that i I know i know i'm beautiful absolutely beautiful this man has a oh great beard oh that's actually a great compliment because <laughs> i always feel very insecure about my beard because i feel oh. like there's like some spots and all that but it's the first time i've ever grown one and i'm probably mm-hmm. i like it so much it's so fun to have one and yeah. it makes me look older because i was looking like i was like straight up like 13 years old and with a beard i at least look like i am 16 at least 18 <laughs> no i'd say I, I look at least 18 now with the beard but before the beard, I was just looking like a straight-up child, and 
I feel like that's not even like a good look. I don't think looking younger, at least for for men, usually looking younger doesn't doesn't make you look more attractive. If that makes sense. Yeah. It, like at overall, least for me, like if I were to look for a guy, it would be like someone that looks older. Yeah. Cause not, with I mean, the... they don't need to look like they're 47, but like <laughs> they look mature, you know? And yeah, the beard yeah, that... kind of gives that. Have you seen me without a beard? I don't think I have ever seen you without a beard. Dude, after the podcast, I'm going to send you a picture with me without a beard. I look like a fucking oh, no. baby. Dude, I look like a baby, bro. <laughs> so usually like when I go on Snapchat, I like to like fuck with the filters a lot. And, like, I see some that, like, take your beard off. And it's just like, oh, my God. I look so weird with that. It's just, oh, uh, it, I don't know. It, it makes me, like, cringe, I guess that's the word to use. It makes me cringe looking at that. It's nasty. Yeah, because, like, you've had a beard for – how long have you had a beard for now? Um, um, I just – not that long ago i would say probably around uh july i started growing this and now now i just like trim it occasionally that's so not that long but it just made me look so much older and i really like it i like to like touch my hairs because i have really smooth beard because i like take care of it and that like i use beard oil and all that so it's kind of nice like just keep like messing with it because it's almost as smooth as my hair my hair is like naturally wavy and like smooth so I like I like fucking with my hair that much too. It's so fun. It makes me feel, makes me appreciate myself because I know I got the looks. Mm-hmm. You do, bro. You're a bit of a cutie patootie. <laughs> well, tell the girls that because nobody's coming my way. <laughs> hey, bro, you gotta put yourself out there a little bit. Also, I could literally care less if I have a girl or not, though. Like, like we were saying smart. before, yeah. like I'm happy with where I'm at. Like, my goal right now is not. I need a relationship. My goal right now is I need to get this degree. I need to move. <laughs> I need to get, go to grad school. Bro's yeah, because I am. <laughs> yeah, I need to get my future like straight. You have to get out of America. You have to escape. Oh. So yeah, my original plan was to um get a history and English major. So like double major, get both bachelors, and then a teaching certificate to be able to teach abroad. Um, I wanted to um, teach in Portugal because I feel like there's no language barrier because I'm already like native Portuguese speaker anyway. So that would like be very helpful to me and just move there. And then I was looking at like the co- cost of living in the area and how much teachers make and all that. And Portugal was not viable for what I have in pocket right now. So I decided to change and like get a master's. And um, funny enough, I know you said you're in Texas. Um, I'm planning on doing grad school in uh, the University of Texas in Austin. Oh. Uh. I'm going to be yeah. leaving, though, man. Where? What are your plans after you graduate? I want to go to Sweden. Get out Straight of here. from, like, get a bachelor's, go to Sweden? Yeah. That's on my... Not even stay, like, a, a semester so you can, like... So we can meet? Bro, maybe. I'll, I'll work I'll work a uh, 95 for a bit so we can meet. No, that's fine. You don't need to <laughs> postpone your plans just to fit meeting one person. Nah, you're worth it. You're worth it, Marcos. Nah, don't say that. Nah, come I on, bro. Not. You're like one of the people I want to meet most in real life. Yeah, we haven't met in person yet. But like, Which is so very funny because you're actually like, I feel like we, we've grown very close ever since we met. Mm-hmm. We've kind of accelerated. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was weird too because like when I met you, I met you with a, a different like 
like the context that I had from you was a uh, of a past relationship that you had. That was like the only thing I knew about you, <laughs> and yeah. um, that was like the only context I had. And I was like, oh, okay, so another Arizona peep that yeah. is boring. But hey, no, I'm not boring. <laughs> yeah. it, it was, and I was like, wow, this dude's interesting. He he's got some nice ideas, and his like liberal as ideas of fuck money are kind of interesting hey i don't agree with that. i'm not liberal i'm not liberal. you're not liberal you're you're what i'm a i'm a democratic socialist okay so now i understand why you want to go to sweden yeah fucking i mean they're not they're not socialists either because like the the means of production are still like owned by a capitalist class like they're, no, still but they're, they're like there. it's called a social they, they say sweden's a social democracy right yeah and i'd assume that's what it is yeah they still have like capitalism like there's still a like a capitalist class over there uh mm-hmm. but they have uh like stuff like a maximum wage they have um you know really awesome like uh protections against homelessness like whenever i went to sweden not a single homeless person was there don't know why oh why because they have like housing yeah because they give them homes damn it wow why, why <laughs> would you do that the you'll make them lazy Ugh, i hate yeah. that argument dude Okay, Luisa was telling me about this uh, this person uh, that was like, you know, you, you ever seen on the street how people uh, try to get you to sign stuff, like uh, mm-hmm. get, getting yeah. a bill passed? Uh, someone mm-hmm. approached her and like, uh, do you want to clean up the streets of Austin? And she's like, sure, yeah, I would love to clean up, uh, you know, like the, the trash and litter and everything in Austin. Oh, you mean homeless. <laughs> Dude, it was an anti-camping bill in Austin. Oh. Yeah, and like they, they literally like cleaning up the streets – you know, like I hate the I hate the the connotation that comes the, with that. The dude. term, yeah, yeah. It, it it treats our fellow man like trash, and that's like what we should not be doing. You know. Yes, I completely agree with that. However, like whenever I have people people come like that with me, I just use the card. Oh wait, I'm not a citizen, and then I just fucking leave. <laughs> but I've seen one. <laughs> um, it was on social media. I saw a dude that he was like totally out of just just for shits and gigs like he wasn't even like for real doing this he was i think he was in a southern state that is like very red mm-hmm. and he was um having a bill quote unquote bill that was to allow child labor to like be a thing again <laughs> and he actually got like a couple thousand signatures on it you're kidding just me. by saying these kids nowadays don't do anything like might as well just put them to work and people are like you know what you're right and they would just sign the bill motherfuckers wanted the bootstraps argument motherfuckers to be real motherfuckers wanted to have five-year-olds working in factories again <laughs> and it's like where's the progress on that where's the development why do you guys are so backwards yeah it, it's it, like, it I makes ha- sense <laughs> i have nothing against like any conservatives although i consider myself not conservative at all i'm pretty pretty left with my views but i have nothing against them besides why would you like to look backwards when we have so much progress to get to yeah that's like the only thing that I criticize them about because many of the things that they think about is just like, they don't think very progressive. So I, I consider myself a progressive then. Cause it's just like, why are you just looking at the past? The constitution was made in 17 fucking 82. I don't know us history. You can probably tell so. by that. So why are we still following that when we literally should be like amending it to get with the times? Like we shouldn't follow something that was made 300 years ago. We should yeah. improve on it and have some progress and development made on it and that's what pisses me off most about certain conservative people i wouldn't say all of them 
yeah, but... there there are there are the conservative people that are like more more like center right, um, mm-hmm. that still understand like uh, left leaning values and like left leaning beliefs, and, like why we'd want to do that. But mm-hmm. there are some people I I ask them because I, I I like to ask people what are you wanting to conserve because like you're conserving something as a conservative. And the yeah. answer I get most often is stuff like family values, uh, you know. But the one I think is most dangerous is the term traditional American values. Oh, yeah, because you know, like I mean, don't want to, <laughs> don't want to get into this. Oh boy, oh boy. So where I'm from, Brazil. There's well, after I left, there's this new president, and what he values the most is the traditional Brazilian family, and mm-hmm. what that implies is having parents mom and dad it can't be two of the same sexes that's completely not allowed like in his eyes that shouldn't be a thing like he's completely against gay marriage and all that so like it should have like a mom dad two kids and a dog you know like the typical family and it's just like usually they also like have a maid to the side which is usually someone from a darker complexion just helping the family out because the the parents are out working or something and it's just why do we need to value that when families don't really look like that even? Like, it's not like that 100% of the time. It's so dumb to me how they do that. They just don't want times to change. They don't. <laughs> they don't. Or, oh, <laughs> I like, oh, back when they have, like, elderly people come in and, like, use racial slurs. and like, Oh, but back in her time, it's okay. But it's like, but now it's not. Yeah. And she's living now. So why why is it okay for her to still be backwards like that? Marianne, it's not the fucking 1960s anymore. You can't say that word. Exactly. You can't be calling people that. It's so, like, infuriating. Especially in the U.S. where I'd say... So one of my classes we have... uh, I have a geopolitics class currently where uh, we were studying, like, how countries act and how they present themselves to the world. And I had the audacity of saying that the U.S. is a right-wing place... And the class did not <laughs> like that at all. They were like, whoa, 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 what do you mean? We're not yeah. that right. What? There's definitely more right places out there like China and Russia and North Korea. I'm like, I didn't say that, but we are right wing. And they, people, did... people had, have such a bad connotation to like associating right wing like that, that they were starting, they, they thought I was shitting on the country when I literally wasn't. I just said, this country leans towards right values Wait, over left values did they just compare america to like an authoritarian dictatorship yeah because i call them right leaning <laughs> wait and it's uh, so dumb <laughs> the uh, the only places more right in america are authoritarian dictatorships and it's not even true i mean oh, places that like third world places third world countries uh such as brazil they have a lot of like progressive stuff and they they, they really don't get more development besides it so like Brazil has free healthcare. They have, um, they used to have, they have like kind of a universal basic income too. Not really, but it's just like if a family can't reach, can't pass the poverty line, they will like support you so you can get past that and all that. And they don't have kids go hungry and all that. And it's just like, that's a third world country we're talking about. And how can you say that this country that we are in right now, the US, is a better country than a country that provides for their citizens way more? And that's considered a third world country it just yeah it's just weird to me my goddamn mind yeah so like you should definitely move to sweden and in conclusion from that talk 
you should yeah. move to Sweden because it just seems like it's a way better place that provides for their citizens a lot more than here, for example. I judge a country by how they treat their lowest common denominator, which is like mm-hmm. their homeless people, their most disenfranchised citizens. Yeah, and the people that need the most. Yeah. Like the language around homelessness here in America is like they're, they're garbage to be disposed of. We need to just like essentially just take our homelessness and push it somewhere else. You know? Yeah. We need to take our homeless population and push it <laughs> somewhere else. That's such a weird concept yeah. to me. But like, With that said, Gooby, yeah, we are getting here to like the end of the podcast, and there's um there's three things that I want from you that I ask every host on my or every guest on my podcast. Um, the first is a question that you have for me, and me being so smart that I am, I would just answer that question or to the best of my abilities. Any yeah. question that you have about anything, just one question that you have for me. One question for you. One question. Anything that you have to ask, because I'm so smart, I can definitely answer that. Any question. Hmm. I would like to know, when uh, When do you think the next time you'll, you'll go to Brazil is? When the next time I'll go to Brazil is? Wow, that was actually a question that I can definitely answer for you. Uh, it all depends on how this upcoming election goes. Ooh, um, Brazil has yeah. elections in November, and if the person that is in office right now gets reelected, I'm not going back to Brazil for four years. However, if someone else gets elected, I don't care who, someone that is not him gets elected, I will probably go to Brazil in 2024 as soon as I graduate to visit. Um, Hell yeah. Probably will just go there for food, not to see family or anything. I legit just want to eat good food again. Dude, you need to give me more recommendations for like Brazilian drinks. Oh, did you try the soda? Dude, that soda is heavenly. I can't even compare Definitely. it to anything else. Yeah, it's so Yeah, good. I just bought a pack. I, ha- I have a pack in my car that I'm taking back when I go back to, to my university. I'm taking <gasps> back a pack and, like, a bunch of other Brazilian groceries. Okay. Because it's just so good. Dude, okay. You need to give me, like, a good Brazilian dish. I want to try to see if I can make it. Because I want to um, for The problem is they don't really have the ingredients here. Oh, like, yeah. The, the ingredients are so different. But I definitely suggest if you could make – it's called a feijoada – which is a um, pork stew type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll send you a recipe that could probably be made in the United States. Please um, do. Try it. It's delicious. It has like all the good parts of a pork. It's, it kind of has like every part of a pork. Like there's a um, pig ear in it. There's uh, obviously sausage, um, ribs, um, pig's feet, which I was surprised that it tasted that good. Did you say pig's feet? Yeah, pig's feet. Also, if you haven't been to a Brazilian barbecue, you are in Texas, so there are options for you to go to a Brazilian barbecue. They usually go for like 50 bucks a person and it's all you can eat. And it's just like a buffet style of like a bunch of meat going through. Go with Luisa. Heavily recommend as a date. Shit. Um, (laughs) You both really love it. Unless she's vegetarian. I don't know that. She's vegetarian. Okay, so maybe she won't have that much fun as you will. But there's also like chicken hearts. Uh, So good. And they probably sell those in like Korean markets before, because I know I've saw I've seen it at a Korean market before, selling like chicken hearts, just grill them with some seasoning. Delicious. Brazilians like to eat that. But usually they eat like rice and beans with like some type of meat to accompany it. It can be beef, pork, chicken, fish, anything. That's like a typical Brazilian dish, I'd say. Okay. 
I think I might give that a try then. It's it definitely sounds very exotic because I've exotic. Whoa, that it sounds I mean, like okay. lunch to me, <laughs> bro, bro. Okay, you're telling me to to grill a chicken heart, and I have never in my life had a chicken. Okay, heart Okay, chicken hearts are are very small, so you're gonna eat a lot of them. Like, don't don't think you you eat like a little bit. Fucking chicken heart. Are you kidding me? Chicken God, hearts man. are delicious, <laughs> dude. I swear to God. I'll send you pictures of it. And I don't know if you think it looks appetizing, but to me, it looks fucking delicious. And it tastes... I don't know how to describe the taste. It's just an explosion of flavor in your mouth. It's not... It doesn't taste quite like chicken, but it tastes like chicken with a bunch of good flavors to it. I don't know how to explain it. Can but it's delicious. Is it, like, chewy? <laughs> Soft? Is it... Um, a little bit chewy, a little bit chewy, but not that much. If you go to a Brazilian barbecue, um, they usually have like 20 different types of meat. Try every single okay. one. Tell me which one you like the best. Um, that and feijoada is usually like for lunch and a barbecue. You can have that for dinner. So like that's your whole day with the Brazilian food right there. Hell yeah. I'll okay. definitely send you a recipe after we're done here. With that said, my last question for you is what would you like written on your grave? Written on my grave. Written on your grave. Like, here lies Jonathan Gooby Smart. What's under that? I would want uh, something to have to do with my with my uh, teaching uh, philosophy. Um, like, what my, is your teaching philosophy then? My teaching philosophy is uh, letting people fail. I think a failure is a very good teaching mechanism. Uh, so I, here lies Jonathan Gooby Smart. A failure can also be a good teaching mechanism. No, 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 no. I it was it would be something like um, it it have to be something with, with how failure uh, is very impactful with uh, how we um, how how we can learn from our failures. I got it from my my old president of the university. I think he's very right mm -hmm. about it. I don't know what it would say. Oh, right. Um. Because you kind of put me on the spot here, but yeah, I, think, I know. No, no, no. I think it, it goes something like, um, failure is a tool that shows us um, like the path forward, or something like that. I don't know. So something so about failure is a tool to failure is a tool for the path of success. Yeah. That, um, something along those lines. Um, yeah. Journeys that begin with failure end with success. Oh, that's a good quote. Ooh, that's a good yeah, quote. yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be on that one. Oh, I like Ooh. that. Here lies Jonathan Gooby Smart. Journeys that end in failure or begin with failure. Golden, or, yeah. Journeys beginning with failure always end with success. Yeah, you said it better than me, of course. <laughs> yeah. With that said, John, um, I think that's all the time I have for you today. I'm a very busy man. I have things to do in my life. Um, my secretary's like yelling at me to. Um, wrap it up because i have other businesses to attend to of course of course um it was a pleasure to have you here today thank you so much for having me on man i'm glad and your podcast is going well yeah i definitely want to have you again soon uh once i get to like episode a thousand or something i'll make sure to bring you back hell yeah yeah we can also like i'll bring more people too so we can all have a good conversation maybe we'll get luisa to tag along <gasps> she would love that i'll let her know yeah you we'll what happens oh <laughs> thank you john and i'll See you next time. Yeah. Take care, man. You too.